0: Welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. It's officially baseball season. Blake, Iowa
1: Gopher.
2: It's, it's definitely not baseball season anymore, it's over.
0: And you street. Hey y'all. So, I don't know why anybody is talking about baseball. It is football season officially again. The Big Ten is back. They will kick off. October 24th, uh, which is quite the turnaround from the nonsense we've seen since August 11th. Um, To recap briefly, Big Ten canceled football because of concerns over testing, contact tracing, and cardiac health. Uh, They didn't do a very good job being transparent, which meant they kind of looked like jackasses, and definitely everybody who freaked out at them look like jackasses, uh, particularly mm, mm, Nebraska fans. We'll start with them. Uh, Really, at this point, though, you know, it's just good to have football back. There's plenty of questions related to how that's going to look. I'm going to start with U Street. U Street, I'm interested in what you think of everything that's happened and, and where the Big Ten is headed now that they've decided to play football.
3: This is stupid. That's my reaction. There's a lot
0: to it. of stupid things on ho- the streets. This so whole thing is stupid.
3: be more specific. I, the whole thing is the whole thing is stupid. So like, yeah, all right. Look, we write for a. a college sports blog and if we're being real honest and i say real honest because i'm the one of the basketball writers we write for a college football blog this is hugely beneficial for us individually it's beneficial for everyone who enjoys saturdays though it could be friday maybe it's monday who knows maybe it'll be like a thursday afternoon and or tuesday night in stoke as the way we're going here, to actually watch these games. There'll be a compressed action. The games will be fine. They will almost certainly suck for the first couple of weeks because no one is even close to in-game shape or ready to practice. But maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe everyone will just like show up into in-season form. At the same time that this has been made, a decision... To bring football and like other sports back, but also no one actually cares about the other sports, just like through this entire cycle. No one was ever like going real hardcore for the fact that a variety of other programs other than football was canceled. There's no parents' letters, no one was threatening to sue the Big Ten or some nonsense like that. No, but at the same time, we're doing this, uh, the University of Wisconsin Madison is functionally shut down because COVID is erupting throughout its population. Michigan State is in a similar situation. The University of Minnesota's student population is about to start coming in, so get excited for the likelihood of cases spiking. The nature of why we're even in this situation where everyone just said, like, you know what, fine, whatever, is a deep indictment. ...on a variety of our institutions, and in particular it is a deep indictment, to be briefly political, on the people who are in positions of power who could have stopped all of this nonsense ages ago by doing their jobs, which they have flagrantly avoided doing so... From the Big Ten specifically, yeah, maybe you should say like whether or not there was a vote or not. Maybe you should get your PR people to actually know what the heck is going on. So instead of submitting some weird statement that allowed like Nebraska and Ohio State jorts wearers to go nuts about things, that you would actually have a situation where we know, yeah, this was it, this is who decided, that was pretty obvious. Look, I hope that As I have said every single time when we talk about the pandemic that we are still in and that kills on a daily basis about the same number of people who died on 9-11, that no one who is involved with athletics gets the disease, that no one gets sick, that if there is any sickness, it's very mild. But we don't know what the long-term outcomes of this are. And the fact that we are bringing athletes, but really we're bringing football back because football pays the bills. We don't pay those football players, incidentally, but they pay a whole lot of other people's bills. And that's crappy. Every part of this is crappy. But, like, you know, I'm still going to watch and, you know, screw Iowa and beat Wisconsin and whatnot.
0: A quality rant, as always, from Street. Blake, Andy, Gonna let you duke it out for who goes next. Uh, do you disagree with anything that Street says?
2: Is there any is there any ground left to cover? That was a pretty uh, scorched earth, very expansive take. Um, and I mean that that's not a lot that he said that I disagree with. Um, I through this whole thing, I've just I, I would probably say my my position at, whether it should play or not has been I'm glad I'm not, I'm not the one who has to make that decision because I mean I see both sides of it and i mean i understand both sides of it some sides uh, i guess particularly one side is has been a bit belligerent and unreasonable um i'll let our listeners determine which I'm, what i'm referring to but um you know like street um hey i'm excited to have football whether we deserve it or not whether we should be playing or not i'm looking forward to um watching go football this fall i don't know what the season is going to be like it's going to be i guarantee it's going to be unlike any season we've had before um But, you know, I'm excited to have games because right now, I'll be honest, I'll take what I can get in terms of uh, some joy in life. And whether this will provide joy, who knows? I thought baseball season would provide a lot of joy, but that has not been the case as well. Although baseball season is is now canceled. We're moving on to football. Uh, So, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I I tend to agree. I think it's, it's no real surprise if you follow our Twitter feed that we all sort of were on the side of, you know, we we think the Big Ten's probably making the right decision in waiting, and and but you can definitely recognize that there's a, a definite financial impact of of not playing football. So, you know, I I've been saying all along since we've been doing this since March that I thought that they were going to have to find a way to play some way. I was thinking it was going to happen in the spring. Um, they got the rapid testing, it sounds like, which we'll go into here in a minute, which is the catalyst for being able to come back here in the, in the late fall. Um, and so, yeah, as, as Blake said, it's gonna be football. It's gonna be weird football. Um, you know, no fans are going to be allowed at least for the first few weeks in, in any of the stadiums. So um, and I would assume that that goes for students and/or band too. Uh, although I don't think anybody's officially clarified that, so I mean, you're looking at you're looking at playing football in front of 150 support staff and, and TV staff, and that's about it. It, it don't forget and the parents. parents. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're, you're right. They did say they'd put parents in. So so yeah, it's it's going to be awkward. Um, you know, and what are they going to do about pumped in sounds and things like that? That's all, up in the air. And we've seen both good cases and bad cases of that with both. Uh, Major League Baseball and the NFL so far, so yeah, no, it's it's going to be it's going to be a weird season, and um, you know, I I think we're all going to be happy to being able to watch football, but um, you know, as we go into the the specifics here, I think we're all very well aware that uh, one, there's no guarantee that the system as they or the season as they have it planned out is going to end up acting out how it's planned out. Just because of the different requirements that are put in place, two, there's n- no real knowledge on, you know, player health and things like that. The way it's set up, um, there's no guarantee that you know your key players are going to be able to make it through the season. There's no bye weeks built in or anything like that. So, um, honestly, it's going to come down to a lot of who's going to have the best season. It's probably who's going to stay the healthiest, who's going to be able to avoid COVID because with the new requirements that the big 10 is putting into place if, if you get a couple of your key players covid you are in deep trouble um so yeah it's it's a total crap shoot i think we'll all be happy when the games actually get played but there's still going to be a good four or five weeks of lead up to the season where there's going to be a lot of questions that everybody's going to have on how it's all going to work
0: yeah i mean for me I, I really come back to i was not the one to say this i don't remember where i heard it Sports is a reward for a functioning society. And when it comes to COVID, we don't have a functioning society in the United States right now. So, well, I love football. Not like, I love football. This is usually my favorite time of the year. Um, So, I'm not sad that football's back. I don't hate that football's back. I think there are so many other things we should be prioritizing above football. And it's not happening. So, I'm just not going to get too... worked up about it beyond what it is. Um, It's just, I don't really see how it's going to work per se. I mean, here's my question. So the, the big 10 has said a couple things. These are the, I'm going to try to recap the basics of what they said. And and y'all can, then I got a question for y'all. Eight games in eight weeks. Ninth week is big 10 championship game. And then some weird matchup that, teams by seed for all the other east west so everybody plays a game on the ninth week good for tv money good for figuring out if rutgers or illinois or whoever's the worst team in the conference that's about it but do you guys actually think when they also put in things like if you test positive for covid you're out for 21 days um, and a bunch of other stuff do you actually think there's a chance that every Big Ten team actually finishes all eight games?
3: Let me jump in with a point that was alluded to earlier by Blake that follows on this. What do you think the chances are that a team that is heavily involved in the competition late in the season, who in fact receives a positive test from a key star player, will actually release that?
0: So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is, is Ohio State going to lie when Justin Fields tests positive?
3: I mean, it's, I, I don't want to – for two reasons. One, I, I'm not going to put that name out into the world. I've lived on the West Coast long enough to believe in that kind of secret bullshit. However, I don't think it's actually just an Ohio State thing. I think this is a real fundamental issue with the competitive structure that we have. Every single uh, student-athlete, the earliest they can return to game competition is 21 days following a COVID test. Given the compressed nature of the season and more or less how compliance works over time, compliance usually is much easier to do at the beginning than it is at the end. People start slipping. If you're Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden, you slip immediately. But most people tend to tend to, it becomes just harder to be compliant. So that lets us not week five of the season. What are What are the odds do we think that teams who have players who are more important than other players? You mentioned you know the, a quarterback position. We could think like the star running back, the key left tackle. Do we honestly believe that those teams are going to, like, sit them down, particularly if the player doesn't seem to feel all that bad? Like, it's uh, fortunately a mild case where they are, in fact, asymptomatic?
2: I don't know. You run the risk, too, of, I mean, it's it's a there's an ethical component to it, too. I mean, if you leave that player out there and don't sit him for 21 for the mandatory 21 days you're potentially exposing the rest of the team to that player and to the illness so i mean it's there's some heavy implications to the thought that they would that's a university would or an athletic program would conceal the positive test of a uh, star athlete just because i mean there's so many potential consequences to that. And I mean, while well, they are going to cover up the positive tests that maybe relate to that player or things like that? So, I mean, it's, it's a can of worms and i I'll be curious to see how, it, I mean, how it goes, at least the first couple of weeks, just to see if we do see, you know, a player testing positive and sitting out and what and the caliber of players that are having to sit out. I, I will, I do think that the first couple of weeks will be very telling in terms of uh, how, public or how well transparent these I don't want to
3: sound like I'm being all conspiracy theorist about this I'm I'm not I mean I I would hope that everyone involved takes this seriously I am suggesting that we came back to play football and certain people have arguably millions of dollars on the line with incentives in their contracts man it's hard when there isn't an independent regulator I think
0: If I'm honest, I think the Big Ten is probably more likely to make sure things get done well than perhaps the SEC. Because the SEC has been it just sort of like, they let some schools report some way, some schools report another way. The Big Ten's being allowed to do that to a point. But with the very strict rules they put in place for COVID to bring football back, it would strike me as surprising if they were allowing things to run really laissez-faire with how testing got reported. And frankly, just from a uh, the Big Ten president's side of things, it would shock me that there wouldn't be strong repercussions if um, somebody did try something like that, just because the presidents have been pretty adamant, uh, with the exception of three notable ones, uh, f- for having some hesitancy. Um, and I, I just kind of feel like it would, that, that kind of thing wouldn't fly at least at 11 of the schools. So I don't know. It it's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take it back to the original question though. Do we actually think we're going to get eight games in for every big 10 team? No. Do you think they're going to manage to keep that, that there isn't going to be a single team that goes over the 5%, uh, threshold, which would be what, uh, What would the 5% threshold be? Come on, brain.
3: Well, it depends on if you go with the 88 number, if you do like the walk-on non-scholarship, which goes up to 113, but the number is between, what, 4 and 10 if it's 5%? I guess 4 4 and 15 if you're doing the, like, big number, but I suspect they mean scholarship players.
0: I mean, it, 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 you're looking at Mizzou saying they've got 12 players who are COVID affected. Now, that does not mean they're all COVID positive. They may be contact traced. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't seem like you'd be too hard to get yourself over the 5% threshold and then the whole team goes on lockdown and doesn't play a game. I mean, that's not a lot of guys.
2: Yeah, so I'm just taking the Suryat approach and just making my claim now <laughs> whether it's true or not. and and then in, in, hey, And then in two months I can say I knew all along, so on the record eight I mean, every day if you
0: take that approach we might improve you know the quality of advertiser for the podcast that seems to be what he was up to so that's
2: what that's what i'm here <laughs> for man i'm trying to get us big bucks <laughs>
0: <laughs> andy uh where where are you at i mean what's what's what do you think the word the the best or worst case scenario is for for how this plays out
1: You know, I honestly think we're going to find out pretty quick. Um, You know, September 30th is the day the Big Ten officially will provide all the rapid testing for everybody. But you're seeing several other schools start. I know I saw uh, Indiana said they're starting testing tomorrow, um, and they'll cover it under their own dime until the Big Ten funding kicks in on the 30th. I would imagine several other schools are are going to be going through that as well. Um, You know, assuming... This this test, which everybody claims it it can detect even less than the than the antigen test, which is the popular one right now, um, or the PCR test. Excuse me. Um, you know, I I think we'll we'll figure it out pretty quick. How fast people are getting caught up, and and if if you see a lot of people you know, obviously if we're looking at the, at the 21 day threshold, September 30th, you've got 24 days until October 24th. So it'll be interesting to see how many, how many schools announced that so many people on the 30th have been, have been caught up in this, uh, to get them back in time for the first game. But, um, that, that'll be an interesting question, you know, cause obviously it'll, it'll, it'll catch more people. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think we're going to get every single game played. I, I don't, you know, I think some schools will play all eight. I think some will end up playing a few less than that. Um, but the perfect answer is it, it's it's too early to tell. I mean, uh, all it takes is is one stupid person doing something. Look at Madison right now. That was supposedly one off-campus party, and you have at least for the for the athletes, you have you know. S- Twenty plus football players, at least half the hockey team that currently apparently is is stuck in in, in COVID health. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I saw Chip Scoggins basically has a uh, has an article out. It'll be in the Star Tribune to tomorrow morning, basically saying, if if anybody learned any from this, the poster that should be posted everywhere in the locker room is, if you test positive, you are out a minimum of twenty one days. And so I think. Some schools, whether it and again it comes down to the coaching staff and as as we've seen through this process, I think I trust Minnesota and PJ Fleck to be on their players all the time saying, Hey, you can't be stupid. You can't be stupid. You can't be stupid Whereas some of the head coaches might be a bit more freely and, and won't and won't, you know be as stri strict isn't the right word, but you know, free to free to let their marquee players do whatever they want, I guess, you know. Um, you know, I, I, it's all speculation at this point. I don't think anybody knows, and I don't think anybody's gonna know. But, um, it's gonna be interesting to watch.
2: I was kind of, I was kind of surprised, or maybe not surprised. Uh, I guess I'm curious to see if the Big Ten is gonna force schools to probably be public about their testing, because um, I know it's been on a school by school basis, and I know we gave. Lincoln Riley got a lot of flack for saying he wasn't going to disclose um, positive tests in advance because he thought it put him at a competitive disadvantage. But I mean, when you think about how Fleck has handled injuries in the past, it's hard to—it's not hard to believe he is going to have the same mentality. And you know, we're going to be 30 minutes before kickoff one Saturday and find out Tanner Morgan isn't on the practice, isn't isn't warming up on the field. So I mean, it's—I'll be very curious how the Big Ten holds them accountable or forces or if forces them to be accountable at all. Um, in terms of publicizing who's in and who's out.
0: So actually a question that I realize I, despite doing all the reading on everything today, I can't remember if I saw, are they officially saying they're going to test every day?
2: I mean, it said daily antigen testing, so I assume that means every day. Yeah,
1: yes. I I do believe they're doing testing every single day, yes.
0: Okay. If they're doing testing every single day, once... If they if a team starts with a baseline of not that many infected like theoretically testing every single day should keep you in pretty good shape because you know it has a antigen test has a lower threshold for popping so you could get to a, get to an infected player before they, have a viral load capable of easily infecting other people. They won't have spent as much time around other people. So your contact tracing is easier. Like theoretically daily testing should keep things fairly under control. I've watched all sorts of theoretical things get blown to hell in the last six months. So who knows? Well, I honestly think someone I
2: mean, people are asking why the why the wait till October 24th. I think part of it is, too, like some of these players aren't on campus right now. I, I think Minnesota gave them a two-week break to go home. And so I honestly think part of this five weeks is get them on campus, figure out who, if any are positive, who's like who's is and who isn't, and basically effectively lock them down as much as you can. Um, and hopefully by the time you get to the season, you have a clean locker room and no one's tested positive. So I, I think – that is a big part of it, too, is just, it's just click everyone, get everyone in the same place, clearing out any positive tests, and just getting that out of the way.
3: And It's pretty dope best. that we are going to purposely segregate a bunch of people from the general population, lock them down, have them probably on close to 24-hour watch and not pay them. That's awesome.
0: Not employees, though. Not
3: even close.
0: Speaking of somebody who is likely getting paid uh, right now, uh, I mean is preparing to get paid Rashad Bateman, uh, Fleck alluded to, you know, trying to get him to come back. As I understand it, the rule is, uh, to apply for a waiver, he'd have to pay back his agent, any money the agent has fronted for anything, which in his case is probably a sizable amount so that he can, you know, train, 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 train with really good private trainers in a really safe setting. I'm assuming that's not cheap. Um, does anybody think we get Rashad Bateman back, or that any other player who's opted out comes back for another team?
2: Uh, I think there's been a couple that um, have already wanted to come back. I, I think Ohio State has two. One is going to have to do, going to go through the same process as Bateman would. He's got to pay some things back, and they have another one who I think um, Sean Wade, who opted out but hasn't signed with an agent yet. And he's still weighing his options. But I think some too. I think Michigan State had a couple that were just opting out until next year. That have decided to come back But uh, yeah there's not a chance in how Chad Bateman is playing in Minnesota this year
3: Unless he's playing for the Vikings
2: <laughs> I don't even <laughs> want to know The circumstances of how that would happen
0: <laughs> Yeah what with the NFL draft being next year and, and such
3: Well it
2: depends on some level On
3: how we think of like this year Because time is a malleable oh concept Oh my god <laughs> In the question of – well, in the question of quarantine to – no, I, I I completely agree with Blake. There's no way that Rashad Bateman uh, would come back. Uh, also, there's no reason why Rashad Bateman should come back. No, I, he
0: really should not.
3: I don't – I actually don't see mean, whatever individuals want to do is their business. That's great. But if you have if you've opted out for this season because you are a player like Rashad Bateman, i.e. you have opted out because you expect the, a professional football team will give you a rather large signing bonus when they draft you, then coming back does not change that calculus at all. There's no team that's going to look at Rashad Bateman and go, you know, I thought that dude was a sure first-rounder, preseason All-American, but they didn't even play for eight weeks because instead of playing for eight weeks, he was working out and training every day to be a professional. So, like, let's definitely not draft him anymore. That's not a calculation that makes any sense whatsoever for any team. So if you're Rashad Bateman, it would have been great to see Rashad Bateman as a number one wide receiver. The University of Minnesota football team is dramatically less good without him. But individually, as we talked about on the podcast, when he opted out way back when, it sucks for us. It is absolutely the correct decision for him. There is no universe, as Blake said, in which Rashad Bateman could Well, it's still, oh, so it I
1: was say, it's still not even the Big Ten. I mean, you just saw a couple days ago Jamar Chase, the LSU wide receiver, decided to opt out. I mean, so you're looking at literally probably the top, the Texas A&M leading receiver just opted out the other day. So you're looking at probably arguably the top three or four wide receivers in the draft have already said they're not playing college football this year. Um, So, you know, I I think you'll see a couple of the Big Ten guys come back. But honestly, if you're guaranteed to be a top 45 pick, there's absolutely no reason to come back. Um, You know, I, I mean, you've got obviously the players like, the quarterbacks trevor lawrence and and justin uh fields who are you know basically trying to show that they're all about the team and the leaders and things like that um but you know it'll be interesting to see obviously you've got micah parsons out for penn state um pat freermuth just said he's he's playing earlier um which good luck under uh his new offensive system but that's an argument for a couple weeks from now um but you know it i i don't fault Bateman for coming back i imagine he's already been paid out a good chunk of that potential signing bonus which is one of the reasons why he won't be coming back because that money is gone and spent on his family or spent on training for the draft or things like that so um yeah you know i think minnesota fans should just look forward to to what they have and and you know, when we start getting deep down diving into the season here in a couple of weeks, start trying to figure out that what they can do with uh, Chris ottman Bell and Demetrius Douglas, and in which one of potentially the two freshmen might step into the lineup.
0: I would ask what everyone's predictions close out with predictions for the season, but that uh, we have no, no, fucking uh, idea. We have that's, no not, idea. that's
2: not true. Street has a standing tradition uh, every year.
0: Okay, Street Stree thinks we'll go undefeated, so we've got that, that covered. Correct. So Street's covered because he always says we'll go undefeated. That's his bit. Uh, I don't think any of the rest of us want to spend time pontificating about something where we have absolutely no idea. So I'm going to try a slightly different tact. Which of these would you rather see? Uh, would you rather see Nebraska somehow not win a game or Ohio State? through some combination of covid uh well no i'm not going to say through covid because that means somebody had to get sick let me step away uh nebraska does um doesn't win a game and ohio state loses a game they shouldn't so despite you know demanding this season they still don't get to go to the college football playoff which one would make you happier
3: what was the first one again uh
0: nebraska wins no games
3: that one. Yeah,
2: absolutely Nebraska going winless. I mean, I can't think of a more deserving fan base.
0: Well, they did so much to bring football back, though. That's true,
2: and I hate to to be ungrateful um, for the sacrifice and the the passion that they've shown this offseason, but uh, I'd love to see Scott Frost go winless. I think that would be very funny.
1: Yeah, well, both fan bases probably need to be taken down a bit. uh, Nebraska's would go just absolutely apocalyptic while Ohio State would be mad but you know they're not going to I don't think they're going to be demanding Ryan Day be fired if they go 6 and 2 and end up you know not being able to to go to the playoff and and you know if we're just being you know selfish looking long term the Big 10 has more to gain from Ohio State being the playoff because obviously the Big Ten shares all that money, so they'd get a decent payout. You know, honestly, the Big Ten doesn't care if Nebraska goes 0 and 8. Everybody will just sort of laugh at them. There's no financial penalty for that. So um, let, let's hope that uh, let's hope that Scott Frost and the rest of his team struggles a little bit, and we can all we can all swim in the schadenfreude.
0: A lonely conference turns its eyes to you, Scott Frost. Don't 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 let us down.
1: But you better watch out because we're probably going to get a couple more late night emails once people listen to this now.
3: <laughs> what Andy is alluding to is we receive correspondence from a variety of people, uh, some of whom appear to support the university of Nebraska or a university and are doing a very good imitation of a supporter of Nebraska. And they, those people would like to inform us fans of the University of Minnesota, that we both do not know our history and tradition and have no national championships. So we're really stoked for additional things that we will learn from the brilliant historians around Lincoln.
0: Yeah, if that was a bit, I want the person to reveal themselves because it was a hell of a bit. I think it was a drunk Nebraska fan who didn't realize that he hit send. But Brad, wherever you are, be safe, friend. Uh, there are programs to help you with your problem.
3: Also, uh, your, how you're using it, is spelled Y-O-U apostrophe, R-E-E. <laughs> <laughs> and with that,
0: uh, we say good night from this edition of the Sky U Podcast. I'm sure we'll have 72 twists and turns about the football season before we can record next week. Uh, but also, look for a special edition of of the podcast to come out next week a very fargo focused edition that blake and i have been very excited for fargo of course is coming back sunday uh september 27th and we at the daily gopher um are here for that so uh in the meantime go gophers sky you ma row the boat
2: Oh!